Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 116 of Season 5 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee-ki our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again on this special episode, this special Saturday edition, is uh, Sean German of the Next Scene Podcast. Welcome back, Sean. All right. Thanks. Uh, thank you for having me back. And, and Sean, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I, I love you. And I just wanted to say, they told me there were terrorists at the airport. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. There we go. That works. It works well. Works well. Again, we we know that that uh, you know uh, someone is spending the night on the couch, but uh, who knows? <laughs> actually, you know what? It's it's Holly that actually responded that way. It usually you know works the other way around. It's usually the the guy who who puts his foot in his mouth and doesn't respond by saying "I love you" back. You know, yeah. it's like, I love you. Oh, I'm watching the football game or something like that, you know, but they told me they were terrorists at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of flipped the script in terms of, uh, yeah, the man and the woman and who's uh, who's and reluctant right. to, to talk about their feelings and love and everything. That's right. And and it doesn't even, they didn't even change it. In the, they didn't flip it in the script because as, as we we pointed out, it's not even in the script. <laughs> they ad libbed it. Yeah, <laughs> right. So. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, sort of flipping the script or, um, uh, you know, doing things unexpected, we see here that uh, Sam Coleman is sort of like the anti-Thornburg. So at the end of the last minute, we saw her pointing out to the cameraman, uh, John and Holly embracing. And here to start this minute, she is covering up the camera lens with her hand to, That's right. uh, to give the couple some privacy. She realizes, you know, not everything is fit for broadcast and uh, Correct, not but, everything is meant to be a public moment. But the irony of it is, is she's the one who pointed it out and told him to start filming. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, go film that. No, wait a second. I changed my mind. Don't, don't do that. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. She's, she's struck by the emotion of the moment. Um, but yeah, that's right. So minute change 116 begins with Coleman stopping the recording and ends with Lorenzo checking the facts with John. So, you know, as, as you pointed out, it, it starts off with, uh, you know, uh, Coleman continuing her, her comment from yesterday where she goes, yep, it sure is. And then, you know, she, she puts her hand and covers the, uh, you know, the, 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 the lens of the camera, which most people do by accident, you know, <laughs> people don't usually <laughs> do that on purpose. So it, it it works. It works. You know, again, she's she she's getting really sentimental here. And then, you know, we it it it's actually funny the way that all three of them, you know, the the cameraman, Sam and the sound man, they, they all like smile together, you know, which makes it look like it's some like dopey comedy. You know, where you have characters that are just going to laugh uh, in a funny way or or, uh, you know, or just just. Uh, guffaw i guess you can say so right right um but i guess that's sort of maybe an introduction to what this minute is about and this is really like a big contrast that i i talked for 115 i talked about kind of the the theme of family you know being together for the holidays and john and holly re, uh, being reunited and then this minute is this is the comedy minute this is breaking up um yeah, the, the you know the the tension or the suspense or 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 whatever you had you know if you were um, between uh, you know just between the excitement of uh, you know like the, the climax of the terrorist plot line or the 
emotion of them being reunited. Uh, you know, now we're going to break that up with um, with some bits. Like this is the funny minute. This is the comedy minute. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. But the, the comedy minute starts off with John says it again. He he's trying to get an answer out of her, so he says, "Oh, I love you so much." Mm-hmm. And once again, she doesn't respond properly, and she goes, "Oh, John, why does this keep happening to us?" <laughs> once yeah. again, why does this keep happening to us? Yeah. Once again, she does not know how to respond and say, I love you. Maybe that's the answer of why they're not together in Die Hard with a Vengeance. John just says, the hell with it. I keep telling her I love her. And all she talks about are terrorists and, and uh, you know, how we're spending <laughs> the holidays. Yeah. I don't know. Something, something's wrong here. This, this is go. a that's, key yeah, moment. That, that's their dynamic in a nutshell. That's right. This is a key moment in, in the, uh, the McLean uh, family time. You know, John and Holly are just not on the same page. John is all about the love, and you know, Holly is now all about the terrorists. And John, John's done with terrorists. You know, he's killed enough of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess I take it like John's a uh, you know glass half full kind of guy. He's optimistic. He's like, okay, you know, we're reunited, we're back together. I love you, and um, yeah, and Holly's just the pessimist. She's you know, there's there's terrorists at the airport, and why does this keep happening? It's like, well, yeah, okay, it happened. She's harping on it. Stop harping on it. That's right. Stop harping. Move on. (laughs) Let's let it go. (laughs) Move on, Holly. That's it. The terrorists are dead. There are no terrorists here. We'll have to go back to New York to find more terrorists. You know, you know, we talked yesterday about the fact that that they each airplane, they could only have one airplane from each airline, you know, showing up there. So apparently Mm -hmm. terrorists can only go to, you know, one particular one city at a time. So now that their terrorists are dead in, in Washington, there won't be terrorists in Washington anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, now you have yeah, to move on to another that city. Problem. That's right. That you know, uh, two years ago they got they got rid of the terrorist problem in L.A. Now they're getting rid of the terrorist problem in D.C. You know, where where are they going to go next? <laughs> Actually, that the well, this is, is you they, know, are, they just they are, just they are back in D.C. Yeah, just but, keep moving city by city, and then eventually we'll rid the entire world of terrorism. They'll just run out of cities. That's right. That's right. Unfortunately, that 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 idea just doesn't work because in the fourth movie they're back in Washington, so I don't know. And yeah, maybe maybe not, maybe not. But but then they'd leave America because there's no terrorists in America anymore. They need to go to Russia. So you know exactly, exactly. All right, there. That, that that's the way it works. You know so. I mean, do you, do you think there's an answer to her question about why does this keep happening to us? No, I think it's just, um, it, it, well, one is with their, you know, their lifestyle and previously, you know, being separated when, um, when she moved to the West Coast and John stayed behind, there'd be a lot of traveling. I think if you, you know, if you fly enough, eventually your plane's going to get hijacked or, you know, something's going to happen. If you spend enough time in airports, you know, eventually the terrorist is going to show up. So, you know, maybe it is they just travel more often than other people. So, uh, you know, that's why this, you know, this particular scenario held out. Of course, that doesn't explain, um, uh, you know, Die Hard 1 in particular, the first film or something else. So I guess just, you know, it's just the odds. You know, they're just unlucky. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to subscribe. It's not their fault. I don't think they're doing anything to, to bring it on themselves. That's right. I have a simpler answer. The, the first movie made a lot of money, so they needed to make another one. <laughs> you know, that, that's what it comes down to. These, these are characters who are being brought into 
into this scenario because it's a money making uh, you know scenario. That that's that's the only real answer. Right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. yeah. I was I was thinking of it in terms of like for the characters in that world, but certainly in our world. Yeah, that's right. Why do you know why do the writers <laughs> and producers keep doing this to these people? It's because yeah, because it makes a lot of money. Apparently, uh, apparently we we like watching the McLean suffer. Well, as as we know, it's we, all we like we like watching anyone suffer in these type of situations because you know they've been making diehard type movies for 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 decades now. You know, because everyone likes them. <laughs> so yeah. I, I guess that's why. Guess so yeah, they, 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 then at this point they, they continue to hug and then John has a great idea and goes, let's go home. Now, <laughs> is he forgetting that going home means they have to get back on a plane? <laughs> he, cause he didn't say, let's go I to your parents. So, unless he, he doesn't say, let's go to your right. parents. Let's go to a motel, you know, <laughs> Let's go home. Let's go home. So jump on another, you know, a five-hour flight into L.A. Well, maybe maybe this is his subtle way of saying that I want to move back to New York. Right. You know, come on. We 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 went to L.A. We had to deal with terrorists. We're now in Washington at your parents. We have to deal with terrorists. Let's go back to New York. New York is the safest place. <laughs> we're not gonna have to worry about yeah. terrorists showing up there. You know, we're all good. Yeah. I I. Yeah, I assume since we haven't had any, I hope I'm right on this, uh, that, you know, we haven't had any diehard prequels. That means they're, yeah, they never encountered any terrorists um, while they were in New York. So maybe that's what he's suggesting. Let's go back home to New York where there are we're no terrorists, safe. where terrorist attacks <laughs> never happen. We'll be safe. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it could be, the, you know, we're, we're thinking of good yeah, reasons. That is clearly what he is saying. That's right. We're thinking of plausible reasoning for, for everything that's being said here. So why not? The scene changes slightly, and then we hear a man scream, get in the truck. And we, we, we like see you know people that are uh, deplaning. We see someone that is like in a, uh, that, that's been injured. You know, that they're, they're putting in, in a, uh, you know, they're going to wheel them. They're putting them in a stretcher that they're going to be wheeling them into the, into the, uh, into the ambulance. Now, what, what happened to this person? Was this someone who was, you know, maybe not in their seat when they were landing? Yeah. I don't know if it's, it could be an injury from turbulence. It could be they, they, um, they kind of went the wrong way down. Maybe they twisted an ankle or something at the bottom of the slide could be just uh, you know a panic attack or something. Just uh, they're reacting to the stress of the situation. Um, you know we don't know. That's right. I, th- I think it would have been great if they had that that like one of the terrorists on on that that cot. You know, just giving mm-hmm. us showing us that that okay. You know, one of the guys actually made it out. <laughs> he jumped off the plane before it exploded earlier this week, and you know, and and now he's being taken by ambulance away. You know that that would have, that would have been cool to see that, but uh, not. And then as the the stretcher moves away, we see someone walking towards us barefoot, which makes yeah, barefoot absolutely no sense. You know, everyone else has shoes. You know, you, you can you can pause it at the twenty four second mark, and you get to see like the the footloose uh, version of of this movie, where you just see everyone's <laughs> feet and their shoes. You know, you see people in boots and you see people in sneakers and then you see someone uh, completely barefoot. I, I think she's wearing stockings because it doesn't look like you mm-hmm. can see her toes, but it doesn't really matter. Stockings are still not going to Yeah, help. there's 
stockings or pantyhose or something. I wonder if she was wearing heels, like high heeled shoes, and they were worried it would tear or get caught in the slide, uh, you know, when they were, you know, exiting the plane. And so she had to take her shoes off because I think all the shoes we see, like you say, are um, sneakers or boots or some other kind of flat shoe. I don't think we see anyone wearing heels. So uh, maybe they're directing passengers if they've got pointy shoes, you know, pointy heels that they've got to take them off before they can uh, slide down the ramp to exit the plane. That's a great, th I never even thought about that. I'm telling you, everything in this film makes sense. This is the perfect screenplay. Uh, it's not there Casablanca, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's close. No, no. It's but it's close, maybe close second. Yeah, that's really yeah, Die Hard Two is the Casablanca of action films. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's I think that, but that's that's how I would explain it. Is why is this one person that we see in bare feet? Okay. Well, because I, she was wearing heels and she couldn't slide down the. Okay, you you are completely right with what you just said. I just looked it up, and it says the NTSB found. Uh, you're supposed to take off your take your shoes off before a plane crash. That the instructed passengers to remove their shoes to prevent damage to the evacuation slides during evacuation. And they basically say go. that everyone should take off their shoes, not just people with high heels. That's really oh, interesting. Everyone. That's what they, they say, but uh interesting. Um and I also found uh, a site that says that uh, flight attendants are supposed to remove their shoes when the captain announces brace for impact. But the problem with that is, is then, you know, when the plane has its impact, then all those shoes are going to start flying all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Do they have, is there like a shoe cabinet, a compartment? Because, yeah, you, you don't want shoes flying around the cabin while you're uh, attempting a landing. That's right. And come on, anyone who's seen, cast, uh, anyone who's seen Castaway knows that you want to keep your shoes on <laughs> because otherwise you're going to be stuck uh, having to try and, you know, use someone else's shoes that you're going to have to open up. With uh, with the blades of a uh, of an ice skate, I don't know the blades of an ice skate, or you're stuck walking through the snow in bare feet, or that's you're right. just stocking feet. That's right. You know, you'd think that but maybe she could at least so at least one passenger on this plane paid attention to directions and, and took her shoes off. That's right, and but we didn't even hear those directions. We didn't hear them say, "Everyone, take off your shoes, especially if you're wearing high heels." <laughs> yeah, they're like, "We have an announcement. Attention, please, all passengers." Um, they told you know there are terrorists at the airport, and by the way, also take off your shoes. That's right. That's right. We just we have to assume that announcement was made. We just of course, because it. it needs to make everything plausible. That that's the only way you can do it. <laughs> so she she's she's walking through the snow, through the fake snow, you know, and and you know she she is holding her sweater close to her. You know, because it shows, she's making it seem as if she's really cold as she's walking. And yeah. then then she yeah. stops and we hear someone say, somebody help me, please. <laughs> yeah, it's like a turtle on his back. There is um, our old buddy Thornburg yeah. laying down in the snow. Yeah, which, which makes me wonder how he got there. You know, if he was so incapacitated, so... How did he get down the slide, and how did he end up, uh, let's let's say, 15 feet away from the airplane on his back? You know, mm -hmm. don't you think someone would have tried to help him? Even though we know he's an ass, but that's fine. You know, you you'd yeah. still think that that the stewardess or somebody would 
you know, or let's even go further. If he's coming down the chute, then you have the, the firemen and the paramedics and stuff like that. They see a guy who can't walk. He's the guy they should be putting in a stretcher. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we just literally at the beginning of this minute or earlier in the minute, we saw someone being uh, wheeled away on a stretcher and yeah, it, it would make sense. The, uh, you know, the, the local rescue teams and the firemen, um, you know, here in DC, they wouldn't know what, what, how bad of a person this Richard Thornburg is. Maybe so they do. They would just maybe, the, uh, in, yeah. Yeah. maybe he's nationally syndicated. So he's a, he's a nationally syndicated. That's possible. I don't know. That's possible. Yeah. So, okay. So there was an announcement on the plane. Attention passengers, your attention, please. <laughs> there are terrorists at the airport. There were Take terrorists at the shoes. airport. And by the way, <laughs> Richard Thornburg is a dick. So, you know. If you see him flat on his back, do not help him under any circumstances. <laughs> Let him fend for himself. Yeah. Let him fend for himself. That's right. Then he goes. But yes. So he is he is on his back in the snow. He's asking for help. He is being ignored by all the, the fire personnel, the emergency responders. Everyone else is completely ignoring him. Um, and the old woman from the plane comes yeah. by. And, and he is goes, she going to help him? Is she going to help him? And he goes, somebody help me, please. Oh, honey. Help me up here, please. And she just looks down at him and goes, <laughs> and and literally steps over him. Yes. <laughs> and like a big alpha move, like doesn't just walk away. Like, oh, uh, right. And of now, course, if, you know, Thornburg is Thornburg to the end. Like, it's I just I find that patronizing. That oh, honey, that's like, right. No, this and, is why no it, one wants to help. And if you look carefully at the twenty-eight second mark. On this minute, you can see her leg uh, right next to his body as she's about to, to walk over him. You know, he's got his hand up, and you see her dress uh, and and her leg as she's she's about to just walk over him. You know, she calls him an asshole and then just steps right over him, and he he tries to get up and falls right back down, and you see like his eyes popping out of his head because it's just too much for him. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, even the shot, he can't believe it. That's right. He's saying, even this old lady won't help me. Come on. So, and then the uh, you know the, the the shot changes, and we we see Marvin uh, coming closer in his uh, golf cart. Yeah. And he starts screaming, "Hey, officer! Hey, come on! Come on! Hey, hey, hey! Hop on in there. Get your misses in." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, this is definitely comic relief. No question about it. You were you were completely right, and it it mimics yeah. the end of Die Hard One. You know, with uh, Argyle, uh, you know, driving up mm -hmm. with with the uh, battered limp. <laughs> you know, yeah, with the yeah, with the, uh, a golf cart in this in this instance instead of the limo, but uh, similar thing. Yeah, and then I like the line he's got a. Uh, I'll be damned if I'm going to clean up this mess. That's right. He goes, what do you say, Marv? And he goes, I'll be damned if I'm going to clean up this mess. And then he's just laughing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, John John uh, continues to, to embrace Holly as they walk towards the back of the golf cart. And don't you think Holly should have asked him who is this guy? <laughs> You'd think that would come up like this guy seems to know you like. How, right. how I mean, long have you been in D.C. that you're making friends? That's right. I mean, again, when, when if you compare it to the to the first movie, so, you know, Argyle at least is, is in a limo. 
So she can quickly make the, the assumption that, okay, this is the limo driver. I don't know how he's here. I don't know how he, you know, why, why the limo is bashed, uh, the, the front of the limo is bashed in. But, okay, it's a limo driver who's going to be taking us somewhere. You know, but mm-hmm. here it's some guy on a golf cart. <laughs> he's a production assistant. You golf know, cart at the like, airport. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just, just a little strange. So she, she doesn't even care. I guess she just she trusts John uh, implicitly. Doesn't really make a difference, you know. And then uh, the, the the shot changes, and we we get to see a uh, uh, the police a police car show up, and Lorenzo quickly gets out of it. I mean, he's he's moving around quickly. He's finally you know showing up. You know, we haven't seen him in a while. Now, actually, I want to go back one second before I get there. When when Marvin pulls up to them. You see that there are people in the background that are that are embracing and hugging each other. You, know, you have basically three people hugging each other next to the turbine of, of one of the airplanes at the 38 second mm-hmm. mark. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. And then if then you see then you have like a another two people that are uh, hugging each other in front of the turbine, and then you see in front of the ambulance uh, other people hugging each other, and then next to the ambulance there are two couples hugging each other. And then even behind John and, and Holly, on the left, you see people hugging. I guess that's what everyone does. They're getting off the plane, and everyone's hugging each other. Just Everyone's hugging. It's yeah, a hug even when, when, Yeah, when the golf cart comes to rest, even framed between Marvin, you've got kind of Marvin on the right, and then Holly and John on the left, and then right in between them, we can see a couple hugging. That's right. But and then also, also more people hugging off to the uh, left. There's you know, all right. the people you mentioned that he passes in the golf cart that are hugging. There's a lot of hugging going on. This is a this is a Washington D.C. Uh, hug fest. Hug hug fest 1990. You know, I, I don't know. It's just it, it's just funny that it's, it's, they must know, have just said they must have told the extras just just start hugging each other. And and actually the 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 couple that we see in between that's framed in between them, the woman looks like she's laughing her ass off. You know, yeah. <laughs> she's like, this is what they want us to do. I'm going to be in a movie just hugging you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Just hug. Well, this that's is right. the thing, you know, like in, in you know, in, in Europe or some places, like you meet someone, you when you greet someone for, you know, first time in the day, you kiss them on on the cheek, you know, one kiss on each cheek. In, uh, in D.C., the, uh, you know, the, the protocol is, is the, the, protocol hug. is, the protocol is hugging. There you go. Is, uh, is the, the three way hug. That's right. So just you know, just keeping up with local tradition. That's right. <laughs> and and then you know after they have this this conversation and uh, so if if Marvin isn't going to clean it up, who is going to clean it up? <laughs> who is going to clean up this? <laughs> Someone's got to clean up the mess. And uh, so, you know, I, I, and and Marvin needs a place to live. So you know, if if they ask him to clean up, he's going to be cleaning it up. Yeah. I I don't think he's in the position to. Uh, you know, to refuse them. <laughs> to to object in order, yeah. I mean, he can help, but it's obviously a lot. Maybe, I don't know, does, does FEMA get involved? I don't know if, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the federal administration in charge of, like, uh, emergency uh, cleanup, you know, the folks that come in when there's, like, a hurricane or an earthquake, uh, do they do they cover acts of terrorism? Yeah, do they know. cover terrorists at the airport? They probably do now, but the question is whether they did in 1990. Yeah. That's the question. So then the shot changes and uh, a, a police car shows up. And as the police car is showing up, I don't know if you noticed this, there's there's like a little, uh, there's a yellow truck and there is a woman sitting on the side there. <laughs> okay. 
and there is there's a fireman and I guess a paramedic that are uh, holding her leg. Yeah, you know. Yeah, speaking it, of like, I guess I guess she she twisted an ankle coming down the there, slide, getting or, off the plane. Or 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 it's a pickup line. Yeah, or, <laughs> literally yeah, proposing. Yeah, so yeah, she's sitting. I guess it's it's. I don't know what it's some kind of construction or emergency vehicle, but it's big enough that there are steps up. Looks like it's step. You have to step up to get into the cab to drive the thing. And she's sitting on the steps, and it looks like this guy is is on one is on it like on a knee, uh, holding her foot. Um, maybe there's like a was it was there a um, uh, a Cinderella type subplot that maybe. was uh, deleted from the final cut that he's uh, you know trying to fit her for a slipper. It could be. Yeah, I didn't notice that until you mentioned it. But once you mention it, now I can't avoid seeing yeah, it. Exactly. It's one of those things that you'll never be able to, you will never unsee. And and it's great. But, yeah. but the question is, is whether, you know, she has the right answer to I love you. You know, will she say, why does this keep happening to us? Or will she say, <laughs> she, they told us they were terrorists at the airport. And he's like, damn it, I'm trying to propose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and the police car comes comes to a stop, and uh, uh, there's a cop that gets out on the left hand side and uh, on the right hand side, and then uh, Lorenzo gets out on on the the, the left hand side, and he screams over to to McLean. He goes, McLean, and he goes, you get this parking ticket in front of my airport, holding up a. Uh, you know, hold, holding up the parking ticket. Now, if you look at the shot of John and Holly as they're looking at them, first of all, Holly has blood on her face and her hair is like bloodily matted, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, 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 it makes it look as if she went through something. And the only thing she went through is, you know, having her husband, uh, you know, smear all his... Uh, his his yeah. the his blood all over her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I'm assuming that's all John's blood, but there is quite a bit of it, as you said. Like her hair is quite matted. That's he right. is bleeding all over her. That's uh, how much blood has he lost? Like, do we need to worry about John at this point? He, in terms of just the blood loss. Yeah, I don't know, but he gets to share a uh, a blanket with with Holly. You know, which is which is great that that these blankets are large enough because usually. You know, like if you're in hotels and they have like small towels and small blankets. Yeah. You know, so at least they were they were thoughtful enough to give them a uh, a blanket for two. Yeah. Right. Apparently, and the, the, fortunately, they have they have that's uh, right. you know blankets for two that they can hand out. To, that's right. To it, it's especially since they they probably only needed to give because Holly's the only one who got out off the plane. So does that mean that John isn't deserving of of a blanket? You know. Can they say to him, we want to see your plane ticket so that we can give you a blanket? <laughs> we want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why, yeah, why does he? So they should be, pri- I think they would prioritize the people that were on these planes. But uh, yeah, I guess you make an exception for John. Yeah. And as Lorenzo is, is it, it goes the shot back to Lorenzo and, and he's he's holding the ticket in his hand. You know, if, if you look back again at the, the proposing couple in the background, so you see that mm-hmm. that the fireman is no longer there, but the paramedic is still there, and he takes off his jacket. You know, again, very chivalrous. He wants to help her out. You know, he just proposed, so he wants to make sure that she's uh, she's not going to be cold. 
So here, take take my jacket. We'll have mm-hmm. to wait until till tomorrow to find yeah. out what he actually does with the jacket if he if he gives it to her or not. I'm assuming that they will still be in the background when when we come back tomorrow with more information from from Lorenzo. So we'll, we'll yeah. have to so, we'll yeah, have, we'll have to wait to see what that. happens with uh, with this couple. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, throughout this this small little conversation, when we do see Holly, she has this blank look on her face because she has no idea what's going on. But we'll get more into that <laughs> tomorrow. Also. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, this we'll is going to be very confusing. It's a little bit like at the uh, at the end of Groundhog Day when like everyone knows Phil and Rita is very confused. Like, you know, how do all these people know you? And it's a similar thing here. It's like all you did was come to the airport to pick me up and. You know, there's this guy in the golf cart. There's these cops pulling up. Like, how does everyone know you? What What have you been doing today? That's right. And John's going to be like, oh, you know, the same old, same old. Yeah. Just dealing with terrorists in the airport. Yeah. You know. But they, were, they told us there were terrorists in the airport. <laughs> they, told us, <laughs> they told us they were terrorists in the airport. Yeah. All right. You have anything else for, for this uh, minute before we get into the script? Uh, nope, nope. That's all the notes I had. Yeah. All right. So once again, we're we're getting really close to the the end of the script. We are on the final page of the script. Okay. And it says, you know, we we, we start off with Sam Komen, and she goes, "Yeah, it sure is." And then it says she yanks out his power cord, and watches them watches John and Holly dreamily, <laughs> which is I think it works much better that she just puts puts her hand, you know, over the lens. I think that works a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, it says in on the airfield, the rolling stairs are put up on the planes and the passengers pour down the steps into arms of friends, families, and loved ones. Does this mean that, that according to the script, they let everyone onto the tarmac to go greet, you know, their, their loved ones that have now, uh, you know, uh, come back? I don't know. That seems very unsafe. Uh, I would think so. I mean, too. I kind of we, we we know why we know why John's there, but just yeah, in general, that's right. I kind of assume these were just you know passengers, fellow passengers hugging each other. Maybe it was a family that was traveling together, or people that are brought together by the uh, you know sort of the, the the stress of the moment. But um, yeah, if the script is saying these are other loved ones that have run out onto the runway. That's right. Which is that seems little, dangerous. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> And then it, it says, Thornburg on the ground, groggy, he raises his hand in supplication to the stewardess. She steps over him, puts her high heels back on, and walks off. That's all it says. You know, it's, it's again, it's not the, the old lady. It's the stewardess. And But I do like the fact that in the script, they mention the fact that she puts her high heels back on. Meaning that, that you know, it's a known thing, uh, at least not, it wasn't to us until now, but that you take off your 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 shoes before the plane crashes or before the plane goes into an emergency landing. And then it says, uh, McLean sets Holly down and kisses her, and they both turn at a honk. Marvin is there in an airport car cart. He looks at the chaos. Damned if I'm cleaning up this mess. And that's it. Um, Lorenzo's not even here. So again, it's a little bit strange. You, you, you know, I guess someone said, oh, maybe we need to, you know, give some sort of... Uh, Payback and and show that Lorenzo's not really a bad guy. Yeah, so he does have a soft spot. Correct. All right, so every uh, I usually do this on Tuesday, but uh, since uh, Sean won't be with us on Tuesday, so every Tuesday we have a segment which is now being done on a Saturday 
called uh, Disaster Tuesday, which I guess today we will rechristen uh, Disaster uh, Saturday, where I talk about some sort of uh, plane crash that, that happened uh, to some famous people that uh, most of us are, are familiar with or not familiar with. And what I try and do is I try and find something that's uh, somehow connected to my guest. Um, you know, maybe uh, geographically or maybe has something to do with the movie that they did or something like that. Uh, movies, you know, movie that they've done, movies by minute. So uh, for Sean, I actually chose something that, that happened in, uh, at, let's, let's see how good you are. This is something that happened geographically close to you, relatively close. And it was a plane crash on July 16th, 1999. Do you have any guess? as to what plane crash we might be talking about 1999 no i don't know okay so it's the uh the crash of the the, the plane with jfk jr off of uh, oh Vineyard. okay yeah all right yeah martha's vineyard all right yeah i i don't think you should be ecstatic that we're going to be talking about a plane crash but yeah well no I'm not. <laughs> so uh, JFK Jr., who was the the president, uh, the son of the former U.S. president JFK, he crashed into the Atlantic Ocean off of Martha's Vineyard on July 16, 1999. His wife Carolyn uh, Bissett and his sister-in-law Lauren Bissett were also on board, and they both also died. He was flying a Piper Saratoga that uh, took off from Essex County Airport in New Jersey, and they were were planning on uh, going over the coastline of Connecticut, Rhode Island, uh, and landing in Martha's Vineyard. They, they did an extensive investigation to figure out what happened, and they came to the conclusion that uh, he, he fell victim to spatial disorientation when he was descending over the water at night and ended up losing control of the plane. He was actually, uh, he, 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 he wasn't supposed to be flying at night because he didn't have uh, what's known as uh, instrument rating. And he was only certified to fly under visual flight rules, meaning I guess you can't fly you can't fly at night. The weather was pretty bad also, so that many landmarks around there were obscured. And, uh, you know, visual flight was very challenging. And, but legally, he still was allowed to do it. You know, just despite... Uh, you know, better judgment would have had him not do it, I guess you could say. This was a plane that he owned himself, and he bought it three three months earlier. Basically, at he was supposed to arrive at uh, 10.05. He, he, he took off at 9.41. So it was basically just a half-hour flight. It, it crashed uh, nose first into the Atlantic, and when they were trying to – they were expecting the plane to have landed, and it, since it didn't get there, they you know uh, put out a call to try and find out what happened. And, you know, they, they, they weren't able to figure it out at first until they, they figured out that, uh, you know, the plane was no longer on radar. And they, they start only at 4 a.m. did they actually start the search and rescue operation. And there were people who, who thought that Kennedy would find a way to stay alive despite being crashed. And they said he had the will to survive and he had enough will for all three of them to survive. You know, once once they started, you know, the the, the operation, they they realized that they, they weren't gonna find it. They ended up finding uh three days later they they found uh fragments of the plane. On July twentieth, they actually identified the uh plane's uh, fuselage and they, they found uh you know parts of parts of the, the plane 
were were strewn. It was 120 feet deep, and mm-hmm. it was scattered over uh, 7.5 miles of the. So he was he was relatively close to Martha's Vineyard at the time when this happened, and uh, on the 21st they they recovered the bodies of the the the, the three people in the plane, and they 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 found out that all three died on impact. So yeah, very uh, very sad. You know there there is. You know the the whole uh, conspiracy theory about you know the the Kennedy curse and all that stuff, and this this didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, probably the best way to go the the dying on impact. You probably don't want it because they, they would. I'm sure they 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 surely would have died soon afterwards if they had survived the impact. So uh, probably best that it be well. It'd be better if it didn't happen at all. But if it was going to happen, better just be quick and and get it over with. Right. It's it's like I always think of the uh, Challenger uh, disaster that they say that that at least three of the astronauts were still alive, you know, when the shuttle hit the water, you know, so the, uh, because they were going yeah. so fast, the, the others all blacked out, you know, so I don't know. Not a, not a good story. <laughs> but this whole segment isn't really supposed to be a uh, uplifting se- uh, segment, but I just thought it would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I've learned my lesson yeah. and next season we will not be having this. <laughs> so. So I, I I appreciate everyone you know making it through this season listening to to all of these uh, disasters but uh, we we I'm I'm done with doing uh, disasters I'm gonna try and keep things uh, a little more uplifting you know throughout Sean you uh, want to tell people once again uh, where they can find Sean German sure once again I am from Next Scene Podcast taking on uh, pop culture one scene at a time you can find us at Next Scene Pod dot com and at Next Scene Pod on the social media and again coming up. For uh, the the end of this year, we will be covering on Pee Wee's Big Adventure, one 10-minute chunk at a time. So uh, so join us for that. Check it out. All right. Very cool. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So once again... Uh, we will be back tomorrow, even though it's a Sunday. You know, for the after t- we have eight more episodes coming to you. So uh, you know, come back, come back every day uh, this week and through next weekend, so that we'll finish everything by by next Sunday. So until tomorrow, yippee yippee If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages. It-